Hi, this is Dave Pryor, the host of Leading Agile Sound Notes. Before we get started with the podcast, I wanted to give a quick mention to our upcoming Certified Scrum Master and Certified Scrum Product Owner classes. So we're currently doing classes regularly in Atlanta, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., New York City, Philadelphia. We started to do San Francisco. Um, if you're curious about any of the classes, you can go to leadingagile.com slash training, and there will also be a link available in show notes for this podcast, along with a special discount code that you can use if you would like to register for one of the classes. So just look in the show notes, find that discount code, enter it into the class when you register, and you'll get a discount on the registration fee. The second thing I want to mention is about the student Q&A that we've started to do in the podcast. So that has evolved out of the class, but what we want to do is open it up to any practitioner of Agile who is struggling with some aspect of making a technique work, or a certain concept you don't understand, or something you just can't figure out quite how to fit into your waterfall organization. If you want to send in a question, we'll be happy to answer it on the podcast. It'll always be myself and at least one other coach, maybe two, depending on the question. You can send your question into dave.prior at leadingagile.com. So that's P-R-I-O-R, that's how you spell my last name. You can send it in text. You can send it in a waveform or some kind of video file. Anything's fine. As long as I can listen to it, we'll include it in the podcast. You can let me know if you want me to use the actual recording or just paraphrase it. Either one is fine. And I'll get a couple people to weigh in on your particular situation and hopefully offer some tactical advice you can use to try to solve whatever's going on. That's it. Now on to the podcast. Hi, welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. My name is Dave Pryor. Derek Heather is taking time out of his day again, and today we're going to take on some more questions. So we've been asking people to send us more questions, and that's actually been happening. It's really cool. So I get them from class, and also people have sent some in. And so today we're going to start out with one that was sent in by uh, Sergey, and his question is, Derek, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Every time I hear you speak about cross-functional teams, I'm not sure who these teams comprise of exactly. In my world, the confusion here is most often related to design inputs. Any digital product will have a visual UI, and thus its development will require design inputs. Do most of leading Agile's clients consider this a separate process that contributes to the readiness of stories for a technical Scrum team, or do you normally assume designers are a part of the Scrum team? Oh, wait, hold on. There's more. In my view, the former creates waterfall-like dependencies and the latter gets in the way of confident estimation. So even if both models are feasible, none of them seems ideal because it leaves uh, an area that has to be tightly managed. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Wow, that that's complicated. And it's well-formed because he even called out the fact that he knows design is supposed to be part of the team. Wow. Okay. So that's the easy I know question. The hard one's that's coming easy. next. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So the 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 quick and dirty, but not necessarily the correct answer is it depends. <laughs> I was gonna say gonna, the reason it's an easy question is because the answer is it depends. Right. Uh, I'm really challenged. That was such a lengthy question. So and I'll go trying, first. How about to, that? I'm trying I, to unpack it. So you please, unpack please. it. I'll go first. Okay. So. According to the way Scrum is supposed to work, Sergey, you, you do want to have design as part of the cross-functional team. The idea is that that team is comprised of everybody that's necessary when you take a card on the wall and turn it into a shippable product within an iteration. You should have all those people on the team. And if design is included in that, 
then they should be part of the team. But in many organizations, design is a shared service. So in that context, it's often not possible to have the design person be a dedicated member of the Scrum team. And for some organizations, they find that, like you described, having a separate design function, maybe using Kanban or something like that, that is creating output that would be uh, consumed by the Scrum team during a sprint. Now, that could either be something that happens during the sprint, so design is producing work which the team picks up and works with during the sprint, but that puts the, the commitment at risk because the Scrum team is committing to stuff and has a dependency on this external design resource. Or you've got design creating something, and what they deliver at the end of a sprint or at the end of an iteration is not something you could ship. It's something that contributes to the work that will be done in a future sprint by the actual development team. So as you described, it would become part of the definition of ready. The positive there is it helps you eliminate the dependencies as you walk into a sprint. So um, I don't know of a, I don't know, Derek, maybe you have a, a right answer. I don't have a way to judge one of these as right or wrong. I think each of them has trade-offs. Ideally, design would be part of the team, but maybe that's not possible. Right. So uh, I was nodding my head the whole time you were saying, or you're giving your explanation. So I agree. Uh, if if at all possible, you do want them members of your team. But like you said, there's a trade-off there. Uh, sometimes if they're expensive or rare resources, uh, might I say, or, or people, then you don't get to have them in your delivery team. And like you said, they are a shared resource. And also, as you said, what happens with that is they you are then dependent on them. And so that actually becomes the constraint of the system. So the way Sergey is describing it, it sounds like design is the constraint of the system. So that's as fast as your system will ever be, is is that bottleneck, you know, the constraint of design, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because if you had more designers, would the customers be able to consume the work fast enough? You know, that's the, the question. Is, I don't know if his system is balanced or not. So where they are right now might not be bad, you know, just because they aren't the prototypical scrum team where everyone, you know, you have everyone you need on that single team. Again, some organizations at scale, you're going to have to ready that work and that design element might be readying that work to be consumed by the scrum team later. So if he wanted to do a test, would you recommend, because you're talking about throughput and things like that, if they were to have first test out the time with design, not as part of the team, and then maybe run a test where in the middle of a sprint design is contributing to the team, and then a third test where design is part of the team and allowing each one to stabilize, and they would get a better sense of which is the optimal throughput for that particular team. I Yes, and they should be doing that because if they don't do that, they're never going to get better. They're never going to, you know, they're never, it could be they, instead of getting faster, they, they just increase quality, improve quality or customer satisfaction. But they should have a hypothesis before they make the change and then intentionally make that change with design in mind and see what the outcome is. And that way they can, you know, continuously, you know, it might make things worse, but at least they're trying to improve their system, which they should be doing. So isn't it also possible that that could speed up the team but slow down everything else? Yes, because design might very well be the, the bottleneck or the constraint in the system. Anybody, yeah. that's read, anybody that's read Eli Goldratt's The Goal recognizes uh, someone or something known as the Herbie. 
and the Herbie might be the designers. And, and but again, I'm going to say that's not necessarily a bad thing. Bad thing. It could be that design is setting the pace for the overall system of delivery. Yeah. But you don't know that until you test it. Cool. All right, so Sergey, uh, thank you, Derek, for answering that. And Sergey, I hope that helps. Um, so, are you ready for the second question? Number two, yes. I promised the student in question that I'd maintain their anonymity, so I want to try to honor that. I'll just try to describe the situation that was brought up in class. So, the student uh, was somebody who took a certified Scrum product on her class. They were moving into that role, but they were also a full-time Scrum master on three different teams. So there was an expectation from their boss that they manage three different Scrum teams as a Scrum Master and also serve as product owner for these teams. In addition to that, they had um, some reporting responsibilities where they were expected to provide certain documents and artifacts to the PMO. Um, they were expected to be 100% utilized. And the person's manager was unwilling to entertain the the idea that a Scrum Master or a product owner should be a fully dedicated role just working with one team. And the challenge was laid down that if this person wanted something like that, they were going to have to provide a detailed list of everything a Scrum Master has to do all day long. So this isn't the first time this has come up in class. A number of students have come back to me with, uh, with that question from management. So that's the question. And here's Derek's response. So this, this was in class this week, and this came about as a result of me teaching this person the Scrum Master is only supposed to work with one team in one project. Right. And so this this poor woman who was all through class was just like, I have three. And I'm like, stop. You need to go back and tell your boss. She's like, my boss doesn't listen. My boss thinks she has to optimize my time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm going to just talk about this. And I, I am honestly personally curious to hear what you would say about this because I don't feel like my response is usually very helpful to this question, <laughs> this type of question. Because okay. I, I can give all the reasons that Agile or Scrum would say, this doesn't make sense. And I can sit down and I can say, look, you can tell your boss to come and talk to me. I'm happy to do it. I'm going to explain to her that if you're trying to fill every minute of this time, you don't, you don't, you're missing something important about how this is supposed to work. And this job of being a scrum master is vaguely defined. I mean, there's lots of stuff you do, but it's not like a step-by-step every day. And we'll talk through it. But at the end, I always get to the point where I'm like, look, you're going to have to make a decision just like I did. You have to decide if you want to keep picking up this thing that they're telling you you have to carry around or you want to look at them and say, you know what? I can't do my job well like that. And I'd rather be successful somewhere where I am given what I need to be able to do my job than be set up for failure and driven into the ground like an animal in a glue factory. Um, Because I don't really want to be telling people to quit their job, but. I, I don't – I mean I, I struggle because I was in that situation and the only way I could get out of it was to quit. So mm-hmm. what do you got? I cringed so many times listening to her story uh, because it, I thought she was done and then I cringed again and again because she just <laughs> think kept coming. Got worse like, and worse. Poor thing. Yeah. Um, so the the first thing I start out with is that it's not about utilization. It's about throughput. You know that's usually for a team, and that's that's a hard thing to convert because I'm dealing with teams right now where justifying a transformation. They, I said, can I see your metrics? And they came back and said, well, one of the metrics we're tracking is utilization of our team. Yeah, and I'm like, well, you're missed. So there's step one. That's something that you're missing the point. So for a scrum master, it's not about throughput. Moreover, the effectiveness that she might be on the process or the team, and 
she needs to find a way to create space for herself. So I understand, I feel her pain. I've been there where I started as a project manager and then I was, you know, given the role of Scrum Master. Now, the fact that she's PMO duties, Scrum Master for three teams. And she's and also a product who's in product owner training. She's, yeah, she's I a product owner that. and Scrum Master for I three teams. That. And so and one of the first things we say as a product owner is the most important thing you can ever learn is to say no. And so I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness. When you recognize how much overhead there is just for traditional Scrum activities – Okay, this is team level scrum. You know how much overhead there is per team. Okay, right there, she knows that she needs to be in the stand up. She needs to be in sprint planning. She needs to be in the retrospective. Boom, boom, boom. Each one of those, and it's not like these are in serial. We're talking three teams. Yeah. Okay, so right there, she just identifies traditional scrum ritual or meetings. She already has identified her util- a large portion of utilization. And what's a, the tragedy of this is her boss is looking at her uh, to justify the time, whereas she's actually negatively impacting those teams that she's associated well, with as a result of being stretched like if that. If you're going to do a two-week sprint, any individual team member, like a fully dedicated team member, is going to lose 18 hours for doing Scrum. So if you've got somebody who's playing multiple roles – Mm-hmm. They're going to lose more than 18 hours per sprint. And if they're on multiple teams, like three teams, you're way over. Yeah. I mean, you got nothing. And that's just being, that's just as a scrum master. What about product owner? Right. You can't do the job. You can't do the job. And so I start with, well, what is, what is the job you want to do most? Let's start with that. And so if it's going to be scrum master, then start with just reserve capacity for these things and then what's your next step? Well, I would say the last thing that I would ever want to do is be the scrum master of three teams and a product owner. Yeah. If it means I can imagine, I've again, I've been in the shoes of, well, I'm a scrum master, but I'm also a project manager. Or I have some type of PO, PMO responsibility. Okay. And so those are, again, if you can, maybe we have something to do with release planning or dependency management or something like that. Well, then. Maybe that's, an, that's actually a good thing, that if she's touching multiple teams and there's dependencies between them, I see risk management, dependency management as outside. I mean, I still see it as a scrum master's responsibility to have eyes and ears on that. Yeah. But again, it takes up some of her capacity. The last thing I would ever want to do, though, is – so again, it's look at the one team and see how much that fills up, fills the glass, and then it may be – Maybe I'd say Scrum Master plus PMO activity. I think she could be successful. I think she's at risk right away if she, as soon as she brings in the PMO activity on top of Scrum Master, I don't know how she can be successful with uh, with Scrum Team Two or Scrum Team Three or anything else. So yeah, I agree. So here, here's here's some some of the things that happen in the conversation. So when we talked about it, and I said, you know, maybe maybe you need to leave. She she didn't want to leave. Like she's fully dedicated emotionally to these teams and to the company. So for for her manager that's that's a huge thing cuz you're not just burning somebody down who doesn't care you're burning somebody down who who cares so much that they're letting mm-hmm. you burn them down but right. i would my my challenge to to the manager would be create an experiment set up each team you got three teams give each one a dedicated scrum master and a dedicated product owner who are not the same person 
mm-hmm. for a quarter. Get funding to do the headcount for a quarter-long experiment where each of these teams operates independently with fully dedicated scrum masters and POs who are not members of the team. Mm-hmm. And I would almost bet just about anything that those teams are going to surpass the productivity of the teams that she has now that are trying to be served by one person playing two roles per team for three different teams. Mm-hmm. The manager is not – her manager is looking at this as a transaction as in that – like you, you know, she's saying, well, I have to justify my utilization. And I'm like, what you don't understand is you're a force multiplier and that if you're allowed to focus on bettering this one team, that you're going to multiply that one team and that for each additional team – you are trying to be a force multiplier for it's it's not going to happen you're not going to get the output that you know that you would just if you just focused on that one team and so the question is is well given the investment of my 40 hour work week would you like a 1x improvement with this with three teams or even less than a 1x improvement or would you like a 10x improvement if i just focused on this one team yeah you know i mean that's the way it's the value she can provide by given this by being given the space to better a single team. That's, I mean, that's a, the trade-off. I mean, if anything, it's there. The manager demanding her to justify utilization is is undercutting the opportunity that, that she can provide, you know, the value she can provide yeah. to just that one team. I don't think it was until after I had done Scrum Master as a full-time, fully dedicated role that I understood how important it was that it be like that. Like Before that, I always felt like, oh, they just dump all this stuff on me. I have to do the best I can. But once I had actually done that job and seen what I could do in that job in that capacity, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be willing to do it any other way because I don't think I could do it justice. Yeah, you, you you feel the burden, you feel the pull, you feel that you're not doing the best you could be. As soon as you start getting as soon as you're like, Oh, you're doing such an awesome job, can you do this one more team and one 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 more team? Yeah. You're like, no, I can't. Yeah. I can't. So I wanna make sure that we leave something tactical. So for the person I'm I'm not gonna mention your name and, I, and even though I play the recording for you, I'm actually gonna swap that out before we post this. Um my my suggestion would be to go back to your manager Tell me, talk to some coaches, and the suggestion was um, to do an experiment. And even if you can only get one team to be fully dedicated with a PO and a scrum master for you know a period of time, it has to be more than a couple sprints because you're going to have to have time to adjust to it. But by the end of it, my expectation would be that you're going to be so much more productive on that one team um, than anything else you have going on that it'll just easily make the case for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like Derek was on track track throughput things like that you know any any metrics other than utilization that will demonstrate productivity will help you make the case to your boss and I would also encourage you I don't care who's training you send them to send that manager to some training <laughs> because they yes. need to understand more about agile they need than what they to understand right now absolutely so cool Derek thank you very much for doing this. It was my pleasure. And so for those of you who are listening, if you have questions you'd like us to answer, you can just send them to me, dave.prior at leadingagile.com. There will be a link in the show notes, but my last name is spelled P-R-I-O-R. You can send an MP3. You could send questions in um, like Sergey did. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to try and keep answering these as quick as we can, and it'll usually be Derek and myself or maybe another coach will join us. Um, And thanks a lot for listening.
Say goodbye, Derek. Woohoo! Oh. <laughs> I hope you weren't recording that. But I was. Bye. It's perfect. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.